Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, Paul Gray here. Thanks so much for joining me again. And today we're in our third part of a series where we're talking about mysteries, demystifying mystery. And we've talked about mystics. Mystics are people who hear from God. There are many different ways, of course, to hear from God. I believe all of us hear from God. The question is, do we know we're hearing from God? Mystics tend to hear, not usually an audible voice, although it can be. Generally, it's an inside voice. Tend to hear God talking to us. God talks to us in our spirit, in our heart, not in our mind. Where does God talk to us from? Another dimension the mystical spirit dimension of the unseen eternal realm inside of us. God is spirit. Jesus, the human being, doesn't live inside of us. There's not another man inside of us. But the Holy Spirit of Christ does. The Trinity is three beings with one essence. The three in one. Never separated. Oneness. Union. All three of them live in us in spirit form. We are one with them. I use the timestamp 1111 to remind me every time I see it. One plus one plus one plus one equals one. Not four, but one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have included me and everybody, but I look at it for me, and I encourage you to do that too, have included each one of us in their relationship, their divine triune circle dance of love and all its many expressions. All of that's a mystery, isn't it? The Trinity, three beings, one essence, three in one, never separated, union, oneness, including us. Now, when we hear from God, do we hear from Christ, or do we hear from the Father, Papa, or do we hear from the Holy Spirit? Yes. (laughs) The whole Christian understanding of God is based on our understanding of the Trinity. That's foundational. Unfortunately, most of us, myself including, growing up in church, being in church every Sunday, being a pastor for 20 years, had no concept of the Trinity. So I didn't have any concept of grace or unconditional love, let alone the Trinity. Look at the Nicene Creed which was put together by a group of people in the early church several centuries ago, almost 2,000 years ago. The Nicene Creed says, We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, and of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. 
For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. How about the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic, small c, which means universal, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Those are two foundational creeds of the Christian church. Have you ever heard either of those two creeds? Have you ever said either of them? Have you ever repeated them, read them, maybe even memorized them at a church service and not even thought about what you were saying? I'm not trying to shame you. I'm telling you this is where I was, and you may have been too. Have you ever said them and had no idea at all what they mean? Raising my hand. They are full of mystery. They talk about the Trinity, the virgin birth, light, oneness, Jesus raising from the dead, forgiveness of sins, the resurrection, everlasting life, oneness, union. Each of those is a mystery that no one knew until after Jesus finished work at the cross. After Jesus revealed those mysteries to the apostles Paul and John and others, and they told us, they wrote to us, and we started believing them. When did we start believing them? When the Holy Spirit started revealing each of those mysteries to us personally. Belief is not something that we work up. Belief is effortless agreement with what the Holy Spirit reveals to us has always been true. You know the scripture, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Well, why is that important? Because what Jesus says is true about you and me and everybody else is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never changes not because of what we do or don't do, our bad deeds or our good deeds, or our asking for something. No, it's always been true. It is true and it always will be. So what is it that's always been true, is true and always will be? The night before Jesus died, he said this the first time it was ever recorded. John 14, 20. And many people, myself included, believe this is the turning point in all of history. John 14, 20, Jesus said, On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Talk about mysteries. Do you have any idea what that means? I know many of you listening today do, and some of you don't. I had no idea what that meant after I'd been a pastor for 20 years, for crying out loud. On that day, Jesus said, you will know that I'm in my Father, and you're in me, and I'm in you. Here's a very important question. Do you know that? 
Do you have the revelation of the mystery that Christ is in you? You are in Christ, and Christ is in the Father, and they are both, along with the Holy Spirit, in you and one with you. This is not an intellectual question. The human mind cannot comprehend that. This is not a theology question. Theology is the study of God. This is not something you study and can answer on a test. <laughs> Life is not a test on what you know about God. It's not a test on what you believe about God. Life is a mystery. That is true has always been true, the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that God in you is continually revealing to you. Life is a shared journey of discovery of what is already true and has already been. It's an experience. I found out that you can spend all your life going to church every Sunday. I did. And not have a clue of what any of these mysteries mean. That was me till I was 60 years old, been a pastor for 20 years. And you can also be, on the other hand, a person who never went to church, never belonged to a church, and have an ever-growing, expanding understanding of these mysteries. The revelation of these mysteries comes from the Teacher, capital T, the Holy Spirit of Christ, who lives in you, who is your personal teacher. These aren't ideas I've come up with. Those of you who know Scripture know that all of those are things that Jesus, the Apostle Paul, Apostle John said. God's a mystery to be explored, not a puzzle to be solved. What is the essence of what God communicates to us? Well, it's love, of course. But in doing that, he's continually revealing mysteries. And the mysteries are always about, get this now if you don't get anything else today, God is continually revealing mysteries to us, and they are always mysteries about how good God is, how loving God is, how kind God is, how gracious God is, how inclusive God is. Those are the mysteries that God is continually revealing to us. Two weeks ago in this series on mystery, we learned Steve McVeigh's first observation about mystics. First one, mystics value experience over sound doctrine or dogma. And I put sound doctrine in quotes. Every denomination, all 40,000 of them, think they have the corner on, quote, sound doctrine, unquote. Last week, we learned the second one, that mystics ponder existential questions of life, like, what is God like? What is the meaning of life? Why am I here? And today, we're going to look at a couple of others. Number three, mystics are comfortable with uncertainty. They don't have to have all the answers. Are you uncomfortable with uncertainty? The day I'm recording this, which is certainly before any of you are listening to it, I'm recording this on the 7th of November, 1920. That's the Saturday of election week in the United States. We still don't know, four or five days later, who won the presidential election or some of the Senate election or other things. Are you uncomfortable with that uncertainty? 
Are you okay with that? Mystics tend to be comfortable with uncertainty. They don't have to have all the answers. Uncertainty with God always includes unlimited. Unlimited. Don Keithley, my friend from Houston, Texas, is doing a series right now on what he calls the digital cathedral about how God is unlimited. With God, unlimited is an extremely important word, but I'm going to be doing some more teaching on that. Are you okay with not knowing for certain how good God is? Think about that. Are you okay not knowing for certain just how good God is? Religion tells us we need to have God all figured out, have, quote, sound doctrine, unquote, that put God in a nice, neat little box. And, for example, religion says, okay, now, this is what God is like. God is love, and God's love never ends. Scripture says that. And God's loving kindness never fails. Scripture says that. So that's God, and all that's true, except God's love does have an end date in the box. That's when you die physically. God's love is unlimited, but it has these limits that are there in the box. God's love is unconditional. Of course it is, religion says. But God's in this box, and there are these conditions that God's love has. God's love has requirements. You fill in the blank. Once the Holy Spirit gives you the revelation of this, it's laughable. It's hilarious. Yes, God's love is unconditional, except it has these conditions. Mystics, people who listen to God, listen to the teacher in us, we see, well, that's just, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. Who could ever believe that? Yet religion, not only, well, I don't know if they believe it or not, but they certainly try to defend that, okay? Religion wants to take away all mystery and replace it with man-made concepts that all make God smaller and smaller and smaller and not as great and not as unlimited, and make God limited and controllable, and put in that little box that they have all the answers to what's in it. However, with God, (laughs) ah, it's not like that, is it? Uncertainty with God, I mean, God's certain about everything, but He doesn't demand or even want us to be certain about things, anything that limits him. He doesn't want us to limit him in any way. Now, there is something totally certain about God. What is certain about God is God is better than we can ever humanly comprehend. God's love and goodness and grace and mercy and compassion and inclusion are infinitely unlimited and way better than any human mind can ever comprehend. The certain mystery of God is that God is infinitely better than we can comprehend. God is infinitely more loving 
than we can comprehend. God is infinitely more inclusive than we can comprehend. God is infinitely more gracious than we can comprehend. God is infinitely more patient than we can comprehend. God is infinitely more gentle than we can comprehend. God is infinitely more compassionate than we can comprehend. God is infinitely more merciful than we can comprehend. God is way better than even what we understood about God just a few seconds ago. Mystics embrace not even knowing how good God is, but excitingly anticipate seeing something that's way better than what we knew yesterday. That leads us to the fourth observation about mystics. Mystics value intuition. The Greek word is rhema, capital R-H-E-M-A, the rhema word. Christ in us, speaking to us, the spoken word of God, words uttered by Christ to us. Mystics value that. We get promptings and knowings and revelations. Now, I say we. I believe everybody is in this category. Most just don't know it yet. Mystics take quantum leaps from not knowing something, something being unknown to them, to instantly knowing something. Just instantly, it just comes into your mind and you know it. Mystics have let go of the small g God that religion has made in man's image and put in a nice little box. Put in statements and, and statements of faith and, and all that kind of stuff. Instead, mystics thrive on being still, knowing God, hearing that still small voice within, and receiving knowings, K-N-O-W-I-N-G-S, knowings from God about the mysteries of life. Mystics take quantum leaps from not knowing something to instantly knowing something. What's the most recent quantum leap experience that you've had? Can you think of something? I'm not going to give you time to do that on this video, but I encourage you to write that down and afterwards think, what's the most recent quantum leap experience that you've had? I'm going to tell you one that happened to me just about an hour before I started recording this. And I'd already put together my notes for this earlier in the week. But just today, November 11th, 2020, the Holy Spirit, the teacher in me, revealed to me something that's totally opposite of what I was taught in religion. Of course, he does that all the time. I was taught in religion, and different branches of religion have different versions of this, but I was taught when you die, you're going to meet God face to face, and he's only going to ask you one question. And some religious groups say that question is going to be, did you believe in Jesus? Or did you ask Jesus into your heart? Or what did you do with what you knew about Jesus? Now, I don't know how that's going to work for somebody who's never heard of Jesus. However, that's what I was taught. When you die, you're going to see God face to face, and he's only going to ask you one question. And you've got to get that question right, or God has no choice. I mean, there's nothing he can do. Well, sure, he's unconditional love, and his love never ends. But if you can't answer that question right, he's going to just have to torture you in eternal conscious torment forever. There's nothing he could do. <laughs> oh, man. Here's what the Lord showed me today. Paul, when you see me face to face, you being anybody ever, there are not going to be any questions from me. No questions. 
there are only going to be statements from me, proclamations of what has always been true. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to proclaim to you what has always been true with a smile on my face, and it's so good you will barely be able to stand in the presence of the pure light with no trace of darkness of what I'm revealing to you. I'm going to reveal to you what was always true about you before creation. What has always been true, what is true right now, and what will be true about you forever. And it's all good. Period. What a revelation that is. <laughs> Man, I, I, I can... Well, I can't comprehend that with my human mind. But I can certainly experience it and enjoy it and revel in it and bask in it. I want to finish with this. There was a famous pop song in the 1940s and 1950s. Pop songs then were different than they are now. They're different, of course, every generation, every decade. This song was recorded by Nelson Eddy, who at the time was the highest paid singer in the world. I think he did 19 different musicals with a singer named Jeanette McDonald. And there, a lot of them were black and white, but they're just great musicals. But this song is called Ah, Sweet Mystery of Life, which I was thinking this week is really appropriate for our series on mystery. Now, before I read you the words, one of the words is I, A-Y-E, which means, yes, it means affirmative. It means for sure. Like in the Navy, one of the, an officer tells you to do something and you go, Aye, aye, sir, for sure I'm going to do that. When you vote on something in the Congress, you, I, you say I or nay. All right, so I'm going to change I in these words to for sure, because that's what it means. That's what we might say today. Here are the words to this song. Ah, sweet mystery of life, at last I found thee. Ah, I know at last the secret of it all. All the longing, seeking, striving, waiting, yearning, the burning hopes, the joy, and idle tears that fall. For tis love, and love alone the world is seeking. And tis love and love alone that can repay. Love is the answer, and the end, and all of living. For it is love alone that rules for sure. Love and love alone the world is seeking. It's love and love alone that can repay what we're seeking. Love is the answer. It's the end and all of living. It is love alone that rules for sure. Now, of course, that was a love song between a man and a woman when it was written and recorded in the 1940s and 50s. But that came from the source of love within the writer, love himself. Ah, sweet mystery of life. It is love. Unconditional love. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Hey, I hope this is encouraging to you all. Appreciate you being with me. I'll see you next time. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, 
how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.